to the Uproom Frisco podcast. To learn more about your Frisco, please visit uproomfrisco.com. Name of the message if you're keeping notes, even if they're mental or if you're writing them down or I take notes on my phone sometimes, is preparing the way to the new heavens and the new earth. When I began to seek the Lord, this theme kept coming up of the new heavens and the new earth in my heart. And, and Isaiah 40 also began to come up about preparing the way. And, and what I believe is on the Lord's heart and the spirit of God is that he wants to untether us from many things that we've become so connected with in the natural realm. It's easy when your hand is at the plow in this world because you live in it but you're not of it to become connected, almost, I might say, fused. Fused to the natural things of your life. And tonight, the Spirit of God wants to come with some scissors. He wants to come uh, more, let's say, not scissors. Let's say a sword. And you like to separate and cut away some of those connections to the natural. And the way he wants to do it is by placing pictures in our mind, by reminding us in our mind and heart of things that are in his word that are eternal because we're just like grass. We're here one minute, we're gone the next. If you're fortunate, you might get 85 years, right? 90? If you're fortunate. So just pray, and we'll jump into the word. Heavenly Father, I thank you that the entrance of your word gives light. It shines in the dark places, Lord God. I thank you that it's a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path, Lord. It shows us the way to walk, therefore, in it. So I ask that the word of God tonight would penetrate hearts and minds. Lord, where we have hard places, where we have uh, ground that's hard, Lord God, I just ask that you would put the plow in so that the seed can take root. And then Holy Spirit, I ask that you would bring the water and the rain so that the seed can grow and it won't be snatched away. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen. amen. I just want to do that so I know you're tracking with me. Anybody ever use GPS or Apple Maps? Raise your hand if you use GPS or Apple Maps. That should be most everybody in the room, right? What's the first thing you do when you use it? Uh, oh, oh, we got a winner. Say it loud and proud. You put it where you're going to, destination. You put in the destination. That's good. So you put in the destination. I struggled whether to speak about the path from Isaiah 40 or the destination first. But the truth is, is that you got to have the destination in mind first in order to sustain the journey. Right? Did you get that? You got to keep the destination in mind. You got to keep the picture of where you're going in your mind and heart in order to sustain the trials, the tribulations, the valleys, and the mountains to get to the destination. Now, I've encountered what's called traffic fatigue. I work all over the Metroplex, I have a small business, and I'll drive probably three, sometimes four hours a day to my locations, and I drive, I have a service business, I have some employees, we basically drive around to all kinds of locations, residential, commercial properties. Now, sometimes I'll end up in somewhere like Burleson, <laughs> or Weatherford, and I, it's, it's 4.30 on a weekday, Monday through Friday. Some of you are chuckling because you know how that goes. And you put in the destination, 1417 Abilene Court, right? Our home. Home. And then it auto-locates, and it maps out the directions. And all you see is burgundy. You know what I'm talking about? All you see is red. Well, that happens in life. We have a destination, 
but you can get traffic fatigue along the way. You can, you can look at, your, at your, uh, your time, and when I started out the drive, it was an hour and 20 minutes to get home. Dominic's back there laughing, and you drive 20 minutes, and it's still an hour and 20 minutes to get home. <laughs> and your flesh starts getting kind of upset. And you know what? At that point, I'd rather just pull the car over, grab something to eat, and stop driving altogether, you know? But I got to get home because that's where I find my rest. Amen? We're going to look at three primary texts tonight that reference the new heavens and the new earth. These really are the three. There's a couple other spots that's mentioned, but these are the primary texts. So you can, you can really sink your teeth into this. We're going to look at 2 Peter 3, 10 through 14, Isaiah 65, 17 through 19, and Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Next week, we'll be looking at preparing the way. We'll be looking at the route. So that might be a little harder. Tonight is the excitement and the celebration. Amen? Where we're going is not to float on clouds and play on a harp. Okay? That's not where I'm heading. <laughs> and we're not going to take a nap. Okay? We're not heading to the new heavens and the earth in order to take a nap and go to sleep, and, you know, even if rest is much needed. We're heading to a redeemed and newly created heavens and earth centered around a joyful city. Anybody know the name of the city? Say it loud and proud. Jerusalem. Yerushalayim. Very good. I like it. Daryl, he's out there spitting out the Hebrew already. All right, let's go to Peter. And uh, we'll just see how far we get because I want to tee up Peter, the primary, uh, one of the primary texts. Let's go to... 2 Peter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. I'll just read out of my Bible because I kind of like the, the physical and noise. This is now, beloved, the second letter I'm writing to you in which I'm stirring up your sincere mind in the way of reminder. And that's what we're doing tonight. I'm stirring up your sincere mind in way, by way of reminder. Are we on the same? Excellent. That you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. Know this first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heaven existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water by water. I want you all just take note of water, okay? The water, water. Through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. So born of water, created in water, and destroyed by water the first time. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of, the ungo of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape you and your notice, beloved, that a day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. That scripture right there is a key to two or three verses below. 
Verse 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise. Some versions say slack. As some count slowness, but is patient towards us, notwithstanding for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. That's the changing of the mind, right? Now, remember it said in verse 8, not to let this escape. Peter's giving us a key here. He's saying, don't let this escape. One day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. So verse 10, he says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a great roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you be? In holy conduct and godliness, looking for the hastening of the Lord. In verse 10, where it says he's going to come like a thief and the heavens and the earth will pass away, he says a day of the Lord. I'm not going to build a doctrine on it or say it's theology. But two verses earlier, he just said a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. How, many, how long did it take for the earth to be destroyed by water and be flooded? Did it happen in one day? It didn't happen in a day, right? It was a process, right? So, again, not doctrine of theology, but it could take some time for things to melt and burn. Could take some time. Anything come to mind? Anybody uh, experience what happened today? What are we in right now, this week? What's happening? Uh, heat wave, right? Heat wave. Are things getting warmer? They sure are. There's more of us now than there have been breathing, right? There's cows, methane, etc. right? So could be nuclear. Could be the stars. Asteroids. Could be global warming. I'm submitting these things to you to say we have to be aware that things are happening and you're not attached to this world. You're heading to a destination. Amen? Verse 11, since all these things will be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you be? in holy conduct and godliness. That's next week's message. When you're preparing the way, the holy highway. How should you be the destination? Verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt within titsit. But according to his promise, we are looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. The reason I wanted to start here is because I wanted to tee up the birthing process of the new heaven and new earth. Okay? There's a birthing process that's happening. Things are melting. Heavens are melting. Elements are melting. There's no more work. There's intense heat. There's intense fire. That's the birthing process and the birth canal through which the new heavens and the new earth emerge. First birth of the earth is in what? Second birth of new heavens and new earth is in what? What is in the middle hovering over the face of the deep in Genesis? The Spirit of God. What sustains God's people to get to the new heavens and the earth through the fire? The Spirit. That's why it's critical that we walk with the Holy Ghost. It's critical that 
the manifestation of the Holy Spirit terraforming our lives is what sustains. It's what gets you through the traffic fatigue on the GPS, right? I know where I'm going. I know what he's going to do. But how do I get there? By the Spirit. What kind of conduct? What do I look like? Holiness and godliness. And, and what's funny there is when he, when he talks about the holiness and godliness, <laughs> it's right after that that he says, accelerating the coming of the Lord. I researched that. I did some study on that because it's, it's not the greatest translation. Trust me when I say you're not going to move God's timing into your, into your plans. That's, that's not how he works. But your own life and your own perception of time, kind of what you talked about, when you step into the spiritual realm, because God exists outside of time, that's how it's accelerated. It's accelerated in your own journey. Because when we're living according to holiness and godliness, kind of like you said, when we come and worship, like time kind of stands still. My son and I discussed this. He's not here, but I have a 16-year-old uh, sophomore at Allen High School, and Alexis knows him. He's been in youth group since he was 12 here. But we... I feel like I'm winning with teenagers because they talk. They talk to me. They actually come and talk, which is winning in this day and age. But we had a discussion recently, and we were talking. I mean, this is a good kid. We were talking about going to sleep and then being caught up in the air. And, and again, not doctrine or theology, but he, we, we came to an interesting thought, which was you fall asleep, but you stepped into the supernatural, so it's immediate that you're caught up in the air in our time. And, and Jude and I were just talking about this. But that's the acceleration. When it says accelerating is coming, when you walk in holiness and godliness, your own life, time will seem like it stands still. Remember tonight, God is taking the sword of the Holy Ghost and he's untethering you from the natural that you've become fused to. Amen? Let's move into our second uh, scripture, which is going to be in... Uh, we're going to do the, the Revelation 21.1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death no longer will there be any mourning or crying or pain the first things have passed away this emphasis here of a new heaven and new earth and old things being passed away is also it's mentioned that you won't remember the former things you won't remember the former things Jerusalem is the center where there's joy. And what has been replaced by joy is the crying and the weeping. On that holiness highway from Isaiah 40, and in preparing the way, what does he say? He says, cry. Cry. Prepare the way. That's what it is. Oh, there's a voice crying. What does it say? It's crying out. Prepare the way. But when this happens, that crying is... It's eliminated. There's no more. There's no more crying at that point. Can you say amen? Can you just rejoice to that? Because 
I could tell you at 45, I mean, there's been some crying already, you know? There's still some crying. There's some pain and some sorrow, you know, in, in the relationship with the Father, you know? Let's uh, go into Isaiah, and we'll go into the, uh, our last scripture section here, which is Isaiah 65, 17, verse 19. And when Peter says, prophets of old spoke of this, this is what he's talking about. It says, for behold, I create new heavens and new earth, and the former things will not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people, and there will no longer be heard the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. In this part of Isaiah, I just want to point out that this word three times, three times, he uses the word from Genesis, bara. Three times. He's, we should be excited. God is creating again. He's once again creating like he did for our planet and our time and man. The same word being used here. It says, I create new heavens and earth. Former things pass away. But be glad and rejoice in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. Everything, everything is cycling back in revolutions to Ushalaim. Back, he's redeeming creation. There's a verse in Peter. I'm sorry, a verse, that, uh, it's, it's preached by Peter, but it's in Acts 3.21. He's actually on a second message here. And speaking of Jesus in Acts 3.21, it's up there. He's speaking of Christ, of whom heaven must receive until the time for restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets. So Jesus is received into the heavenlies until a time of the restoration of all things. What is our baptism? Our first baptism is a baptism of repentance, right? And it's usually defined by what? What? Water. Right? You're dipped. And then the Holy Spirit comes, right? John baptized in water. It's a baptism of repentance. But what did he say about Christ? He said Christ was going to baptize in. Right? You see the progression, right? You see that we're moving. Now, I, I just want, go ahead and raise your hand. It's okay. We're in a family. We're in the house of the Lord. Is anybody going through fire right now? Is there anybody experiencing some very uncomfortable, heated circumstances in your life? Okay. I, we'll continue, but I just want to stop right here. If that's you, just, just leave your hand raised. Heavenly Father, I just want to pray right now that we would have the heart and be willing to stay in the fire with you. And I thank you that you, Jesus, Yeshua, Mashiach, are coming into the furnace with us. By the power of the Holy Ghost that you're sustaining us to where we will not be burned. We will not shrink back from the things of God. We will not shrink back from the pursuit or the holiness godly highway. And we will not shrink back from crying, prepare the way for the Messiah. Lord, I thank you that the fires that people are going through in this room, God, they will lead to perseverance. 
They will lead to new heavens and earth. As you pray, Jesus, let your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. We have an opportunity for precursors and testimonies and ministries to go forth by how we walk during this time of fire. Amen. If you receive that, just say, I receive it. That's just a prophetic and prayer of declaration over you, over your circumstances. And, and that's because we're family. Because I don't stand here apart from you. I stand here as one of your brothers. And that's the same as Christ. He stands in the furnace with us as a brother. Amen? I'll tell a little story about a, one of my kids, a young man. But I got his permission, so it's allowed. It's kind of the close here and the intro to next week. I play basketball a couple times a week in my neighborhood with uh, <laughs> the pagans. I always say the pagans, even though most identify as Christians. You know, everybody in America is a Christian, right? So it's funny. Uh, but I, I take my young son here. He likes to go sometimes with my daughter, but that's justice. He's, he's almost, he will call him 10 because he's almost 10. But he likes to come play basketball with us. And uh, he likes to just be around the men, you know? The older men, like, they, 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 they pick on him. He picks on them. They throw the football with him. They'll kick the soccer ball with him. Like, it's a good time, you know? He's a young man, and he likes to hang out. He likes to play in the woods uh, behind the basketball court. Sometimes, yes, he sneaks to the pool, even though it's not open yet. But uh, we had uh, this last time we were there together. There was a big pizza party in the pavilion right by the basketball courts. And uh, they were having a volleyball party, and they just had gobs and gobs of food. I mean, they had really filled the place up. They had pizza, cakes, all these drinks. And, uh, you know, Justice is a hungry young man. You know, he burns a lot of calories. <laughs> so him and another young boy, uh, they went up there, and they, they pretended that they were taking a pizza, right? I'm sorry. The other young man took the pizza. Justice is correcting me. Um, and and they, they acted like they were leaving, and at the last minute, Justice, he took the pizza, is that right? He took the pizza, and he ratted the kid out, okay? That's, that's actually what happened. And he told the adults about it, right? And, and so the other kid kind of had to leave, <laughs> shunned, you know? He was sent away. But uh, Justice, what happened with you, though? So what happened was justice made a way for all of us. He made a way for all of us. I ended up going up and justice and I were taking off and these ladies were like, hey, y'all want some pizza? And, and let me just tell you, this, this was the good stuff, okay? This came from our local good it, Italian. They're probably actually Albanian, but they say they're Italian. Um, and and they, they had really good pizza and they just had box after box. So justice and I got to eat and then then the other players, and these are ravenous wolves when it comes to food. These are 20-year-old guys, you know. They were just, we just finished like 10 games. And, and these guys now all of a sudden got to come up, and they're inviting them. Hey, come. But it just came to mind what a, what a treasure it was that my son went and made a way for all of us. We make inroads in our lives for ourselves but also for other people. You may be one man, you may be one woman, but what you do, how you carry yourself, 
It's got eternal weight. It's got eternal weight to it. Sometimes a testimony just breaks things open and you don't even know it. Somebody walks away and you just have no clue. You just don't even know. You just follow the Holy Spirit. Amen? So next week, it'll be preparing the way. We're going to wrap it up. Um, I appreciate y'all being here and being a, a attentive listeners. Aaron, were you doing some offbeat at the beginning? I totally, I totally caught him. <laughs> Years ago, I played drums, and I hear on offbeat. That was beautiful. Thank you for the worship. Really appreciate it. I mean, just deep. Yeah, deep. And I love that we worship for an hour here. It's a blessing. It's just, it. I love when God is put above our natural tendencies and desires and, and, and our flesh. Does that make sense? I, I mean, I remember transitioning here from a different church and, and we had the three song awesome set, you know, and it was really good. But you're just like, bink, I'm out of here. You know, church is over hour and 10, you know, like every time. And then I came here and I remember uh, Jeremy saying, it's like a muscle, you know. And, and my kids even, like, they had to start stretching their, you know, their muscles to worship for an hour. But thank you so much for the worship tonight. I'm just going to pray and release y'all. And uh, if you want more about the way, it'll probably be a little longer. That'll be next week, part two. Lord, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit that comes and just takes the seed and seals it, embeds it with fertilizer, brings water. You do the work, God. Your word is truth and it's self-authenticating, Lord. You don't need any man to add or take away, God. So as the word has been shared and the spirit has delivered to the ears, Lord, I pray that you would just take your sword and separate us from the things we become fused to in this earth that are not of you. Take away idolatry from our hearts. Take away the most basic, smallest thing that we're overlooking and illuminate our blind spots, God. Because we want to be fully and wholly submitted to being vessels of honor, poured out before you, God, so you can refill and then we can pour out again. In Jesus' name, amen.